you're entering the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Podbean.com. Welcome to the Tyler Morgan Show live on Podbean.com, the Podbean app, or wherever you choose to stream your podcast from. Such as maybe relentlessdaring.com slash podcast, Apple, iTunes, all that great stuff. Um, so before I get started, I gotta take some time and make sure that I tell you about American Pride Roasters, the finest coffee in all the land. And ladies and gentlemen, I am pleased to announce they are back up and running. Yes, it is in a diminished capacity because they are still rebuilding from after the tornado took out their home and the facility where, you know, Dave made the coffee, that facility being his garage. But he's taking orders. He is roasting coffee. He is shipping it out. Um, last week, I got a nice, delicious bag of Thomas Paine uh, Common Sense. Coffee, of course, I abandoned common sense and I got the all robusto double the caffeine beans because that's the guy I am. I want my coffee to kick me right in the butt when I get started in the morning. So go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com, check out all the flavors they have. I won't warn you, they might be a little slow in getting your getting your coffee to you, but then again, like I said, they are operating in a diminished capacity, but they're doing the best they can. And they're just happy to be selling coffee again. American pride roasters, historically great coffee. All right. So getting into all the craziness, I would be remiss if I did not start off by talking about all the insanity that is the leaking of a draft opinion, not even the opinion, the draft opinion that was drawn up like in February. So it's been around a couple of months at this point. It could have been whittled down. It could have been expanded on. I don't know how you expand on a 98 page draft. Yes, that's right. Everyone who's just thinking, oh, my God, Justice Alito, they're losing their mind. Oh, my God. Ah, how, how do you do this? Well, a large portion of that 98-page uh, draft decision is not just blah, 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 blah. It's a lot of citations, citing common law, citing American law. You know, prior to Roe, through the founding, all the way up into English common law. Justice Alito went very, very into detail about why the, the idea that the federal government should come in and be the arbiters of should a baby be allowed to be killed or not. Ultimately, in the draft opinion, again, the draft opinion, 
draft. Still working on it. In the draft opinion, he said that it is not the place of the Supreme Court to legislate. It is not a legislative body. It is not to be a political body. And I know there's people on both sides who look at, at look at it as being a political body because a lot of political things do go through the court. And the only reason really that they're political things to begin with is because they've been made into political things. Abortion was made into a political thing, you know, through Roe versus Wade. And everyone's all mad. If Ruth was here, she wouldn't have signed on for this. Well, I think I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg would have I think she would have voted for this draft. And the reason I say this is because Ruth Bader Ginsburg was on the record as saying that she felt Roe versus Wade was bad law. Not because she agrees with abortion or disagrees with abortion, but the fact that what is clearly a state's right issue was legislated from SCOTUS bench. And if you can't have RBG on your side when talking about abortion, I'm sorry, I think you might be on the losing end. But as far as all this insanity goes, um, there is a group calling themselves Ruth Sent Us. In fact, if you'd like to check out their website, it is RuthSent.us. Yeah. They actually have the .us, so it's RuthSent.us. If you want to check out their website, they're crazy people. I'm just saying. But Ruth Sent Us is calling for all sorts of demonstrations. They have been doxing Supreme Court judges and getting people to go protest outside their actual homes. Um, but the, the St. Joe Cathedral near Capitol Hill, I think that's what it's called. I saw it in a story I was looking at earlier. Um, they're already getting reports from Metro Police in Washington, D.C. that their church could be interrupted by protesters storming the Mother's Day Mass. And I'm not saying it's a, a tacit admission that they're up to no good, but... Uh, Ruth Senna's tweeted that they can shove their Eucharist and their weaponized prayers. Oh, prayers are weaponized now. I mean, the wailing and gnashing of teeth that has been going on has been absolutely both terrifying and amazing at the same time. Anyone who's ever had to like watch their house burning down, you know this feeling. But oh my God, my house is on fire. I'm losing everything. 
But at the same time, this terrifying hole in your heart is, is just absolutely amazing to watch. Like people watching a volcano, lava flow going through a town, watching a tornado going through a town, watching a train wreck. These things are awful, terrible things. You just can't take your eyes off of them. But the levels of apoplexy have just been amazing. Absolutely amazing. I love it. People really showing Number one, their true colors when it comes to the uh, the perceived right to kill your baby. And also this whole idea that well, uh, the rights come from government. No, your rights do not come from government, Sparky. No one is taking away the right or the perceived right to kill your child. You see, the whole case in that draft is about one word. It's like a six-syllable word. I know it's huge. It's hard to comprehend. Federalism. Maybe it's only five. I can't count. Federalism. It, it's not... We here upon the Supreme Court have decided that it shall forever be against the law to murder your unborn child, with the exception of X, Y, or Z. That's not what it was. It was not an edict from the bench. It was simply saying, you know, looking back at this, This should have never been a federal case or the the whole idea that abortion is a federally recognized case. It should have never happened. It should have been sent back to the states to allow states to decide what they wanted to allow within their borders by their legislatures. Because that's how federalism works. You see, you go to one state. And maybe they say, like Texas, let's take Texas, for example. Texas has a speed limit on some of their toll roads of 80 miles an hour. They're really fun to drive on. You can get from San Antonio to Austin like that. It's amazing. But here in Missouri, you you can go 70 on the interstate. We have roads around here that are wide and straight and easily navigable. And even the worst weather conditions, they're still topped out at 55 miles an hour. But there's other places where roads are in some more conditions. You can go 60. It's almost like the state can control what is a legally safe speed limit. It's the reason why some states... Say, hey, if you're riding a motorcycle, you have to wear a helmet. Other states say, eh, wear a helmet if you want. Federalism. Now, this whole idea is is, it's got everyone losing their minds that now there's a call for an additional four judges on the the bench because, um, yeah, that works out 
so well when warring factions, I say warring, uh, that's some scary rhetoric. I apologize. When you have factions in a government that don't agree and you make lifetime appointments. So now the, the potential of adding four more judges, that way you'll be 13 and you'll end up with a seven, six split on the judges. Okay. What happens when the next guy comes in and goes, you know what? Let's make, let's add another four justices. So now you have 17 justices with a, with an, with a 10, 11 or with a 10, seven split. I can't math. It's been a long day. It's just going to keep going until you have this giant, ungodly, unmanageable Supreme Court like Venezuela. Venezuela, their their Supreme Court is almost as big as their Congress because you have opposing factions. You have the more communist sect versus the more capitalist sect as until uh, Chavez finally took power, they just went back and forth. Out of sight, we will add. We will add this many. We'll add this many judges. Then the other side takes takes control. And oh no no no, we must add this many because we have to. We have to offset everything they're doing. Uh, Lady die in the chat room here. She says, uh, "Let's have seventy-seven. Yeah." 77 seems like a good round number. I'm sure there will be zero issues in getting some kind of uh some kind of majority figured out. And oh my god. Could you imagine a 77 judge supreme court? And you know, the majority says X, Y, and Z. This is we rule X, Y, and Z for X, Y, Z reasons. And then you get half of those people saying, saying that we agree, but we have some minor differences here. That's been known to happen where justices will say we agree in part or we disagree in part, but overall we Overall, we we side with this ruling. We're just going to write a separate concurring opinion that lays out why we disagree. Now, I say, imagine seventy-seven person Supreme Court. You have thirty-eight justices that decide that this is how we're going to vote. And half of those have concurring opinions that they want to release because, well, we agree, but we think you're going too far with this. We don't think you're going far enough. Whatever the case may be, it's absolutely insane. But this is what the left wants. 
The left is also talking about, oh my God, why do people can't, they, women can't, can't get their abortions because our states don't have one. Well, let's talk Amazon as an example, a, a prime example, if you will. No, you look like an idiot. That was a great dad joke. How dare you? Amazon will pay $4,000 for an employee to travel out of state to get their abortion. Does that cover the abortion itself? Uh, maybe. If you, but if, I guess if you go to Amazon and say, hey, I'm going out of state. I gotta go get this pregnancy cut out of me, whatever. Do they just like cut you a check for four grand right there? That way you can get your airfare. So you can fly. Do you does that leave money in your pocket to you know pay for the abortion and have your return ticket? Okay, that's all well and good, but I'm I'm a big fan of follow the money. How much money does Amazon lose? If yeah, a handful of pregnant women go on go on maternity leave, and so that's lost production in their warehouses that they can't that Amazon's not going to get back. You look at added expenses, you know, as far as uh, coverages on insurance that, okay, now you have a single mom who's suddenly going from, you know, having a single person's insurance to having a family plan. And I don't know what Amazon covers on their, on their bills as far as the insurance premiums go. However, if they there's a if they cover x amount let's say they cover 50% a single mom suddenly or a single woman suddenly becomes a single mom with a more expensive insurance policy that amazon covers 50% of again just kind of guesstimating here suddenly the expense of having women who take maternity leave, so they're gone for four to six weeks. You have you have them come back, and unless they already have families, suddenly they have to get an insurance plan that covers their family. Amazon has to pay X amount of it. Suddenly that $4,000 per woman that seems like a bargain to keep their overall cost from going up. And I know, like I said, I admit, I don't know what their coverages are. I just look at what they put out there for everyone to see. But I, I'm sure that where I work, my insurance that they cover the portion of isn't exactly the cheapest. Uh-huh. 
Lady Di is pointing out that dudes can now have babies. Well, I don't know. Suddenly, once this uh, once this uh, draft came out, the left suddenly figured out what the difference between a man and a woman is again. It's the oddest stinking thing. You know, <coughs> pardon me. You know, for the long, for last year, ah, we need, we need to have feminine hygiene. Well, we can't call it feminine hygiene. That, that's gender language. Um, we have to have sanitary products in the, in, in the men's restrooms and the boys' restrooms because boys can have periods too. We went from that. We went from, you know, TLC, the pregnant man. We went from man is impregnated by girlfriend and have healthy, beautiful boy. Wait, wait, what? Man impregnated by girlfriend? I am so confused. For those of you who did not know, hear that story, that was... A man who felt pretty had sex with a girl who felt masculine and conceived a child. And all the tabloids went crazy over because, oh my God, I'm all a flutter. A, A man got pregnant from his girlfriend. Oh my God. Kim Kim asked, is that the story where the man tried to breastfeed? No, that's a different story. That's a more recent story. Um, It's insane. But suddenly you have, for the last year and a half, two years, we have had the the transgender agenda, the transgender, if you will, being shoved down our throats. Boys can be girls. Girls can be boys. Leah Thompson does not have any any uh, advantages over her teammates, except that she has a keel that helps her swim straighter. But suddenly, this ruling comes out, or this draft ruling. Suddenly, low-rent Patrick Bateman, you know, the the esteemed governor of California, Gavin Newsom, he he came out and started blasting men who are supporting this potential draft. The men who wrote and signed and are potentially signed on to this draft until men can have a child. Whoa. What have you morons been telling us for the last, however long that men can have babies, men can have periods. And yes, miss Kim L Kim Lewandowski, my good friend. He is in fact, transphobic. Because that's their rules. If you deny that a man can get pregnant, you deny that a man can have a period, you are a transphobe. This has been established. 
It's not anything new. These are the rules they created. And if they don't want to play by their own damn rules, here's an idea. Come up with some rules for a game that actually makes sense. I want to talk to you about Keto Chow. Keto Chow is a small company out of Utah that uses the absolute best ingredients to make the absolute best weight loss products available on the market. Their first goal is flavor. Who wants to drink something as a meal replacer that tastes like crap? Keto Chow understands that this is a hard barrier for a lot of companies to break through, so they have some of the best flavors. Cookies and cream, chocolate, vanilla, real strawberry. These are the best shakes I've ever had. I've been using them for a few months now, and they are amazing. So go to the link in the show notes, check it out. You can search for recipes on how you can use their Keto Chow products to make amazing foods that taste amazing and help with your weight loss goals. KetoChow.xyz. Keto made easy. Drizzly is the leading home alcohol delivery service available. Imagine being able to sit at home and pull up your smartphone and browse your favorite wine, beer, spirits, and then have it delivered to your home in as little as one hour. Go to drizzly.com or check out the link in the show notes and start shopping today. Not available in all areas. Please drink responsibly. Drizzly.com. All right, so getting back into things. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I had the that was a fun one. That was, that was like the easiest half hour. It wrote itself. I didn't even have anything printed off because it was just so ah nuts. Now you gotta get the stuff that actually has to have ye old paper of doom and I make the environmentalist mad because I have to cut down trees to print off the news. Fun times. I love it. So as we know, uh, with it being primary season, Donald Trump has been out there. I endorse you. You seem like a great guy, and you're going to stand up to China. You, I'm not going to. I'm not going to endorse you because you're sad, very sad. But one of the people that he has endorsed, television doctor, board certified. Cardiothoracic surgeon. Mehmet Oz. And and there's been some questions about Dr. Oz. Mostly because he's been on TV advocating for a number of things, including a mealy mouth, spineless, soft, squishy position on abortion. However, that didn't stop Donald Trump. I almost call him him Dr. Trump. Please, don't anyone share this episode with him. He'll hear that. And next thing you know, I am Donald Trump, and I am a self-appointed doctor. Just call me Dr. Trump. If you don't, it'll be very sad, sad, very sad. Anyways. Dr. Oz 
he he hasn't been doing great in the poll. I mean, he's he's been up there in the polls. I'm not gonna say he hasn't been doing great. Uh, he's currently been hovering within the margin of error for first place. And well, I don't know how accurate these polls are because there's one guy I don't know his name. He is, you know, army ranger, small business owner who took over and eventually started leading one of the largest uh, hedge funds in the country. And that is a really good accomplishment. Kind of grew up kind of poor, uh, kind of a similar story to JD Vance, except with more uh, financial, more financial side of it versus law. But regardless, this guy has done well, and he's the campaigner who goes out small towns. Remember, I remember Barack Obama coming to my town and going into a now defunct restaurant, and you know shaking hands with people during his reelection campaign in 2012. You know, he made himself personable. And that's what this guy in Pennsylvania is doing. He's going out and he's doing the one-on-one. He's like, Hey, tell me, tell me what's going on with your life. And he has earned a huge uh, support in Pennsylvania because he does that one-on-one thing where Dr. Oz He's kind of like the the flash in the show of the uh, you know of the campaign rallies and the town halls where he's yeah you get some people come into the county seat we'll ask a few questions answer a few questions and hey this is fun gotta go well like I said in Pennsylvania it's not catching on very well and he could very well be Donald Trump's first miss of the primary season currently he is fifty five and. 55 and O of candidates that he has endorsed who have won their primaries. With uh, Dr. Oz, well, he attended Trump's Save America rally in Pennsylvania. Uh, he brought there to support Oz's candidacy for U.S. Senate. Oh, Trump, Ohio Republican Senate nominee J.D. Vance, which I mentioned earlier, Congressman. John Joyce from Pennsylvania, Congressman Mike Kelly, Republican, Pennsylvania, Jim Bonet, Alex Mooney from West Virginia, Dinesh D'Souza, Mike Lindell, and Oz were slated to speak at Friday night's rally. However, Oz faced boos from the crowd when he took the stage. According to the rally's attendees, the crowd booed Oz as his ads played on screen. Quote, I have yet to meet anyone here who is a firm supporter of Dr. Oz. In fact, there's a whole section of people that booze every time he appears on screen. And that's someone observing from Huffington Post. I'm sure they're loving it because, well, it's Huffington Post and GOP politics. I'm sure that goes over great. Crowd also booed when the other speakers mentioned Oz's name. On stage, U.S. Representative Guy Reschenthaler speaking now about why he endorsed Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz's name got booze. End quote. That's from uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's Jillian McGoldrick. Kemp says it 
She thinks uh, Dr. Oz is a plant, doesn't believe he's conservative. I don't believe he's a conservative either. I think he's a squishy moderate, if anything. You know, well, you know, I'm fiscally conservative, just socially liberal, you know. You know, if people want, if someone wants to have, have an abortion that's their that's their problem that's not that's not my concern you know how these people are they're all kind of in the middle anyways and it just kept going on and really makes you wonder where uh the republican voters in some of the uh country really are because you know If, uh, for instance, with Ohio, Ohio, J.D. Vance had a fairly strong lead. Granted, he couldn't get the majority because there are so many candidates that, you know, he had the plurality of voters, which is fine. That's how our system allows. He had the, he had the largest number, therefore, you know, majority. And majority wins. However, those same Republicans who supported J.D. Vance, again, he's a guy who grew up poor in Appalachia. He, you know, had, you know, his mom had some huge, some pretty big drug issues. Grandma was kind of crazy. Growing up in these small towns where industry, industry had moved out and it truly became the rust belt and graduates high school joins the marines gets home from the marines goes to yale law of all places and you know now he's you know had a he's written a book about his life he's had a movie made about it so if you have not seen hillbilly elegy i highly recommend it um Glenn Close. You'll have to look twice because you'll be like, that is not Glenn Close. Holy cow, it is her. They did such an amazing job on the makeup of that movie. Um, definitely think it should be checked out. Um, but you have the guys, you have the voters who support guys like J.D. Vance. And then they turn around and they vote for the guy who was singing the praises of COVID lockdowns, Governor Mike DeWine. Now, don't get me wrong. Mike DeWine has the name ID. And in primaries, if people don't get out there and make their name known, it does not matter how big a piece of crap their governor is. They will still vote for the governor because you didn't get your name out there. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, J.D. Vance is very good at self-marketing. Yeah, he was on Tucker and Hannity and all these shows on Fox where, you know, that base is really hitting. And I hope that he's not some, you know, turn it, not going to turn to some corporate shill. He's going to be like, oh, well, you know, we have to, we have to, you know, do this to save the economy, man. Hopefully he doesn't do that. Hopefully he stands up for, you know, getting government out of business. And if a business fails, a business fails. 
that happens. Life is not all sunshine and lollipops. But hey, it be what be. So, like I said, um, Dr. Oz, I just... I don't want to make any predictions. Number one, I don't have the polling data right in front of me. So it would be an uninformed opinion if I were to give one. But from what I was reading in that article, even though the areas where he's being, where he's being polled or where he's polling fairly high, I don't know if that's going to overcome the, all the people who live in rural Pennsylvania who see through that garbage and they have they have a natural skepticism about who they're about who they're being told they should be voting for. All righty. So it's it's not every day I talk celebrity culture for the sake of talking celebrity culture. However, Tom Hanks' son has given me reason to go, huh, that's interesting. And when I say Tom Hanks' son, I don't mean Colin Hanks, who's been on so many TV shows, several movies. He's, he seems like a good, sweet kid. However, I'm talking about his other son, Chet, the rapper. Yes, Tom Hanks has a son, who has possibly the whitest white person's name in all of whiteydom, Chet. But not only that, he's a rapper. The dude is whiter than Eminem, and he's a rapper. However, He found himself in some hot water because he dared to engage in cultural appropriation. Wait, wait, he was engaged in cultural appropriation. What did he do? Did he have his hair tied up in cornrows? No, no, his hair was not braided in cornrows. Well, why? Why would you say that? Okay. Was he wearing a big goofy sombrero on Cinco de Mayo? No, no, he he wasn't doing that either. Um, shoot, was he trying to get some sort of crazy tribal tattoo or some sort of Polynesian tattoo so he can look just like The Rock? No, he wasn't doing that. He dared. He dared. I oh man. I don't know if I say it. It, it makes me sick to my stomach. The thing is how awful he was. Okay, I get through this. Okay, I get through this. Okay. He dared to speak with a Caribbean accent. Oh God. Hit the button for the music. Hit the right button. That's what I thought. No, you look like an idiot. Yeah, you're the one who hit the wrong button, Jack. 
uh, swear you hire the best. They tell you they're the best parrots to be your producers. And that's what they do. They can't hit the right stinking buttons. But anyways, Chet Hanks had the audacity to cut a song or do an interview, something along those lines. And he spoke in a fake, in a fake Caribbean accent, man. Yeah. He, he was on a, some sort of YouTube channel. And he was called out on the carpet for his horrible, horrible mistreatment of the Caribbean people by using one of their accents. It was awful. I, I don't even know the host name. Um, I'll find this on Twitter and tweet it out after the show, but this host is asking him, well, is there anything you want to apologize for? No. Okay, that's number one. He says that he is not apologizing for appropriating other culture, which is awesome. It's like, wait, so then the host of this of this uh, YouTube show podcast thing, like, um, so you're saying that be, by refusing to apologize, the the social justice warriors can go kick rocks. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he says it himself. Like, no, I really do think the social justice warriors can go kick rocks. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm not going to apologize. Hmm. Oof, I apologize. It's been a long stinking day. Um, so yeah, it was funny because they had like this, they cut to him and they had this overlay. There's like apology cam. And all he does, he picks up the coffee mug with the host name on it and he just takes a sip and looks at her. <laughs> it's great. Because we look at all this stuff with cancel culture. When you let them know that they've gotten under your skin because you come out and say, well, I want to apologize. You're toast. Period. End of story. And regardless of how I may feel about Chet Hanks and his politics, I don't know. I'm willing to venture a guess that he tends to lean to the left. But the fact that he comes out and says, no, I'm, I'm not playing that game. If they're mad that I spoke with an accent, then they're just mad. There is no greater, no greater uh, preventative for getting harassed than just saying, yeah, no, I'm not going to tolerate it. Frankly, you shouldn't either. So good on him 
for not just absolutely caving to the woke mob because so many celebrities, that's, that's their downfall is once they admit that there's some, a little, uh, little negative truth and an accusation or, you know, they say, Hey, I, that was completely mis misconstrued. Here is how I meant it. You start explaining away. Once that happens, you're done. You're toast, finito. Because, ah, we found what we could say to get them to react. Do it harder. And that's just how it goes. And, you know, is it uh, Dave Chappelle had somebody rush him at a at at a live performance in Los Angeles. Yeah, he, and he joked, ah, I think it was a I think it was a trans activist. But oh boy, he got he took some pretty good lumps for that failed attempt at being uh Yeah. Basically he's trying to be trying to be a Billy badass, but yeah, it, it totally failed. And Chappelle is one of those guys who's like, no, I'm not apologizing. Uh, Louis C.K. I hate Louis C.K.'s uh, politics. I th I think his brain is on the right track when it comes to abortion. I mean, he had great jokes. Yeah, maybe he can't just, you know, you know, a little say that, you know, maybe you were killing babies. I don't know. but. When he was accused of doing gross things in front of female comedians, he could have just come out and said, like, yeah, I did it. They said they were fine with it. Now, now it's on them. But instead, he came out, I am so sorry. I did not realize that there was a power structure there that made it to where you could not tell me no and that you felt that you had to say yes because, well, you had to say yes. And then what, look, what happened to Louis C.K.? Gone. So many people are failing to learn the lessons of those that are around them. The minute you apologize when you are accused of being unwoke, you're done. Toast. Benito. But last story before I get out of here, this is a great one. So it says on my little, uh, my little about section, someone has managed to undersell Dr. Jill Biden with their new memoir. Seriously, you can't hit the right stinking button. It's too late. Now you have just all the effect is gone. Jerk. So anyways. So as we know, Lady McBiden. Dr. Lady McBiden. Let's get it right. I have my educational doctorate. You will call me doctor. She has a uh, last week. She had a book come out and she sold a whopping, just staggering 
250 copies. I know what you're thinking. How will I ever get one? How long do I have to wait for it to end up on the $1.50 book rack at Dollar Tree? Yeah, I know. Well, big shout out to daughter of John McCain, Ms. Megan McCain. Her new memoir, Bad Republican, flops with fewer than 300 copies sold. McCain dropped Bad Republican, a memoir, on April 26th. According to a listing for the 224-page book on Amazon, McCain, quote, expresses how it is to feel like you no longer fit in with your political party, end quote. The listing adds, she tells of growing up the daughter of an American icon who shaped her life in details, the heartbreaking final moment spent by his side. She recalls her misadventures on the New York dating scene and brings us up to speed on meeting her now husband. We hear her views on cancel culture and the internet as well as life backstage as the sole Republican at America's most watched daytime talk show and why she decided to leave. Well, according to the Washington Examiner, as of Friday, this apparently this is an old well, the old story that's just now cycling through. It doesn't have a date on. So from April 26th. Okay, yeah, so it's been about a week. Womp womp. I can't. Oh, yeah. Now you're not going to hit any buttons. Off camera, he's just sleeping now. My producers, it's ridiculous. So since April 26th, as of yesterday, when this now, Friday the 6th, when this article was written, Megan McCain sold 244 books in her opening week. The book is available at Random House, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, and other major retailers. And, and here's how riveting it is. One person on Amazon who claimed to have read the book gave it one star out of five quote i was so looking forward to reading this i am an independent and appreciate someone who can see all sides oh my goodness what i got was a whiny little girl who complained about life everything in life that everyone has to deal with and most do it without feeling sorry for themselves. She is beyond blessed with family support and financial resources, and she still whines about everything. That is simply life. So sorry I wasted my time. Ouch! Remember, you can get your hardcover copy of Bad Republican, a memoir, for $26.39 on Amazon, or uh, get the digital version for digital version for thirteen ninety nine on the Kindle. 
It's just one of those things like, I get it. If you are a contentious figure, you have people on both sides of the aisle that love you, people on both sides of the aisle that hate you. Everybody wants you to fail. I understand writing a memoir. However, can we do a little, I don't know what to call, market research before doing a memoir? Ask around. See if you're going to have more than 244 people at your local VFW hall, your local, you know, wherever it is you meet with people on a regular basis. But hey, I'm thinking about writing a book. What do you say? I mean, it's not a hard concept to figure out. uh, Yeah, are we going to sell any books if we release this? That's not a hard thing to figure out. But she obviously did not take the time. But she's just been, apparently she's been on Twitter just blowing up conservatives. Frankly, as a conservative, I don't care about your personal politics. I don't care how much you hated Donald Trump because that seems to be the legacy of John McCain. Hate Donald Trump, hate American citizens. <laughs> but it was um it's absolutely nuts though the hubris that people actually you oh my gosh people just want to hear about me no and it's pretty evident when you know, you have independents who are going, dude, you complained about everything the entire book. Stop it. Take some responsibility for your own shortcomings. Don't blame it on everyone around you. Unfortunately, that is today's society. It's, oh, it's never your fault. Oh, well, Jimmy, I, I, I know I watched you. Shoot the spit wads at your friends, but you know they they just have so much more money than you. You're a victim of oppression. Ugh. it's sad. It, it it truly is that people go out of their way to ignore the evidence that people really just don't want to hear what they have to say. Because guess what, Megan McCain, Democrats. Did not care what you had to say, regardless, pardon me, regardless of how anti-Trump you were. And Megan, you were so anti-Trump, you burned your own side of the aisle down around you. You walked out the middle of it and you said, in the name of the flaming monks, self-immolate, whoosh. And it took down everyone with you. And then you're suddenly, suddenly a little uh, struck that, oh, even, even Republicans don't want to read about me. I don't know. 
I'm sure your book is a lovely work of fiction. I would actually have to you know, get it and cross-reference any notes in it just to make sure there's nothing misleading and find out, did you in fact write it as a history, as a memoir, or is it just stuff you made up? I don't know. But it's ridiculous, though, that people in politics think that we owe them to buy their books. I'm sorry have opinions that people actually want to read. People don't want to hear about your sob stories growing up. And it's just, that's the ran absolute truth of it. Yeah. John McCain was your dad. I'm sure he was as awesome as I think he was. By that, I mean, not that awesome at all, but regardless, no one cares. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. Again, to those of you who joined me in the live chat, thank you so very much. I'm glad you are here. Um, also, <clears throat> again, I, I know I talked about American Pride Roasters at the start of the show. Please go check their coffee out. You know, even, as, even if it's something small and you're not a huge coffee person, at least like try the coffee drops. Again, they're doing everything they can to get back up to running full tilt again. And all the help that they can get is absolutely a blessing to them. So if they have a bunch of orders there on backlog, because they got to roast the beans and make the coffee drops, that's, you know, part of it. So again, feel free to check them out. American pride roasters.com. Um, it's great people. Please keep helping them. So, same four things I ask every week. Number one, number one, please, 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 please subscribe. If you're not already subscribed, that's all you have to ask. Please subscribe. Number two, once you have subscribed, rate the show. One, two, three, four, you know, you're the stars thing. Um, me, I will accept five. Four, I will also accept. Three and below, we need to have a conversation because I don't think you're quite picking up what I'm putting down with this. Once you have rated it, please write a review. If you like the show and you're kind of, meh, it's all right. Feel free to embellish. I, 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 I ain't going to, you know, you know, knock any points off your grade if you embellish. I'm just saying. Once you do that, then share the show. Send it to someone who you think will appreciate the topics we got into tonight. Send it to somebody who you think is this is going to drive them up the wall. I don't care. As long as people are listening to the show, I will take my play numbers. Again, thank you so very much for listening. And as always, stay relentless. The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Tyler Morgan Show to donate there or relentlessdaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from purpleplanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1-7.